Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. This week we've got an episode for you about leading PD. Because if you're listening to this when it airs, then school is about to start up again. And it's likely that you are going to be facilitating meetings or PD sessions or retreats. And right now I know that you can use all the extra tips and tools and strategies and perhaps inspiration that you can get. I got to say, I always found the beginning of the school year to be super exciting and also really stressful when I was in positions of leadership, because I know that the beginning of the year sets the tone and the way that you show up with adults sets the tone. And when we get it right, it makes the whole rest of the year so much easier. And when we misstep a little bit, as I did many, many times, you know, you have to acquire some skills to repair trust. Okay, I don't mean to start this off on a scary note. I just really want to help you at this time of year to get set up to be really successful in facilitating PD sessions. And so I've got a few episodes about facilitating PD. I also want to make sure that you know about our Artful Design and Facilitation Workshop. It's coming up soon. You can find more information about that in the show notes. And so if you are ready to take your skills to the next level and you want some practice and you want a whole lot of additional tips and tools and strategies, then check out that workshop. Of course, there's also the PD book. If you haven't read that, check that out because everything I know about PD is in there. The workshop will really help you put those ideas into practice because reading about something is one thing, but unless you practice it, it's unlikely that you will internalize the skills. Okay, before we get into this episode, I want to thank Abigail W., who is a friend of the show. And folks, becoming a friend of the show is a way to support us. A lot goes into creating a podcast. And I just really appreciate your support, Abigail. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to jump into this episode on facilitating PD. And this one is specifically about what to do after a PD session. I am going to talk you through four sets of questions that I use to reflect after a meeting or a PD session that help me figure out where to go next. So the four sets of questions revolve around one, me, always start with yourself. So I ask questions about me. I'm going to tell you the specific questions in just a moment. Second, I ask questions about other people, about the participants. Third, I ask questions about the outcomes. And fourth, I have a whole bunch of questions about my next steps, next steps in facilitation or in in PD design. So I'm going to tell you these questions now. I also want to make sure you know about our newsletter, because every week we have newsletters and those will include the questions that I am going to share with you now. So if you're listening to this while you're driving to work or on a walk and you can't jot them down, then check out the newsletter. There is also a link in the show notes to that in case you're not already signed up. And by the way, Also, the newsletter is a great way to find out about upcoming offerings and free events like webinars that we do every month. So lots in there. Okay, let me come back to the questions to ask yourself after a meeting. Ideally, I ask myself these questions on the same day. If I'm too exhausted, then it'll be the next day. 
Sometimes I write my responses. Ideally, that's what I do. I write by hand because it's a much more powerful way of internalizing learning. But sometimes I don't have time to do the writing. Sometimes I record voice memos or I just sit and reflect, just think about these questions. The first set of questions is about me. And those questions include, what did I notice about how I showed up? What did I notice about my feelings? Now, when I say how I showed up and my feelings, yeah, there's often a big overlap, but not always. So I ask myself those two questions. Sometimes I can sense that I showed up, for example, with leaning a little bit into the kind of power, power over that's not very conducive to creating transformative experiences. In the PD book, I write about the different kinds of power and how to navigate power dynamics. So honestly, yeah, sometimes I notice like, ooh, I showed up in a way that was like exercising my power, my positional power. It's not the same thing as feelings, but often there's an intersection because when I ask myself, what did I notice about my feelings? I might recognize that I felt more defensive. I felt more fear. And then I can make that connection. I ask myself, what did I notice about how other people responded to my leadership or facilitation. And with this question, I'm really curious about how people responded to my emotional expression. So for example, maybe I noticed that people seemed to relax a lot when I described how I was coming into the meeting or when I gave an overview of the meeting and talked about why we're focusing on these outcomes. Maybe I noticed some shoulders drop. Maybe I noticed some facial expressions seem more open. And so these questions push me to hone my ability to take in data during a meeting and to reflect on it afterwards. I rely on my intuition tremendously during meetings to make decisions. A whole lot of how effective I am as an adaptive facilitator has to do with my ability to listen to my intuition. Now, sometimes we feel like intuition is like kind of woo-woo, something kind of mysterious, but really what intuition is, what I've learned it is the ability to take in a lot of data points and synthesize those quickly and make a decision. So it's less mysterious. There's actually some science to intuition. And in order for me to hone my intuition, I need to practice paying really close attention to how others respond to me and making that connection between how others respond and how I showed up. So I ask these questions because I start with myself. I know that my leadership is everything. It sets the tone. And of everything, it's the thing that's most within my sphere of influence or control. So that's the first set of questions all about me. And most of us like thinking about ourselves. It can be hard sometimes too when you recognize like, ugh, I did not show up like I wanted to show up. And it can also be empowering. Okay, second set of questions is about the others, the participants. So I ask, what did I notice about how other people showed up? What did I notice about how participants were feeling? And this inquiry pushes me to deepen my skill set at taking in other people's emotions. It's really social awareness. Social awareness is one of the four components of emotional awareness. 
And so honing my social awareness, noticing how other people show up, how other people seem to be feeling is critical to facilitating team spaces. Third set of questions have to do with the outcomes. So I ask, which of our outcomes did we reach? And how do I know that we reached those outcomes? I push myself to identify the evidence that makes me say that we reached those outcomes. Because sometimes we can walk away from a meeting feeling like, oh, that was such a great meeting. People seem to really love it. But did you accomplish what you set out to accomplish? If the answer is no, that's not necessarily bad. Maybe you didn't accomplish all the outcomes because something came up and you practiced being an adaptive facilitator and you pursued that something and maybe you hit pause on the conversation and you had a really meaningful unpacking of some brewing conflict and it was so powerful. That's not a bad thing at all. And you just want to be sure you are exploring where did you get to? How do you know you reached that? Where did you get to according to what you had set out to do? It's just reflection, not good or bad necessarily. But these are the kinds of questions that lead into the final set of questions, which is about next steps. So there's a whole bunch of questions here to unpack. I really categorize next steps into two subcomponents. There's next steps about learning and there's next steps about team dynamics or relationships between people. So when I consider next steps for learning and growth, I ask myself first, what's next for this group in terms of their learning? Sometimes I just make some quick notes like I have ideas for activities or structures or things I want to come back to. And I think about my job as a PD facilitator is to always be thinking about stretching people, always pushing them just a little bit. And this has to do with understanding people's zone of proximal development, their ZPD, and figuring out how to stay within them, but also to stretch people. It makes me think a little bit of like when you're weight training and you want to build your muscles, right? You want to get stronger. If you do the exact same thing every time, you're not going to get stronger. So if you want to get stronger, you have to incrementally increase the weight or sometimes you want to increase the number of reps you do, and then you get stronger. Otherwise, you just stagnate. So I think about that with a group. I want to keep pushing them. We human beings, we actually love to be pushed and challenged as long as it's within our ZPD, as long as we're not completely getting depleted. I'll just go back to that analogy. When you're weight training, it's also important to take rest days so that your muscles can, you know, all those little tissues that get broken and vaguely understanding what I'm talking about here. So if you're a, a trainer or something, forgive me, but I know that the, the tissues break down a little bit and you have to let them repair. And that's actually when they get stronger. Doing this, understanding people's ZPDs requires you to have some really good strategies to gauge growth. And some of those strategies are about the kind of formative assessments that you use. So this is a specific skill I'm talking about. When you're facilitating PD, what are the formative assessments that you use during the PD and at the end of it to identify how people have learned? This is a skill that you can learn how to do, and it's what allows you to figure out next steps. 
Okay, so that was the first section of the Next Steps question set around learning. The second section is about group dynamics and relationships. So there I ask myself, what's next for this group in terms of the team culture, in terms of how they're relating to each other, in terms of their group dynamics? I think about what needs to happen to create more psychological safety in this group. I ask myself, this is a hard question, but I ask myself, are there any little tiny red flags or yellow flags that I need to pay attention to? And I say that's a hard question because that's the kind of thing that in the past I used to like to ignore until it got serious. So is there anything little here that I need to pay attention to? Is there anything I need to follow up with someone about? I also ask, how can I deepen connections between people? How can I push people a little bit further into their vulnerability zone? Because that builds psychological safety, that builds relationships. It makes a team's group dynamics stronger. So those are the second set of questions I ask myself around next steps, questions about relationships. So those are the questions that I ask myself at the end of a meeting or after a meeting or PD session to refine my own skill set as a facilitator. And again, if you want to learn more about creating transformative learning experiences, Artful Design and Facilitation is the place to go. And not only will you learn strategies, but you will have an experience that is transformative because you can't teach what you don't know. You cannot create transformational PD unless you've experienced one. And I am so proud to say that in all of our workshops, you will experience transformative PD. So if you haven't seen what that looks like, if you haven't seen a facilitator who is super self-aware, who is able to tune into the emotions of a group, even virtually, check out our PD sessions. Okay, friends, thank you for listening. As usual, if you listen to this podcast, you hear me make this request a lot. If you found this episode helpful, would you share it with someone else? If you've heard me make this request multiple times and you like, maybe you'll do it right now. Share it with a friend or a colleague who might find this helpful. Folks, a lot goes into creating a podcast. This podcast would not exist without Leslie Bickford, who is Bright Morning's president and the podcast producer. And so, Leslie, thank you for all you do to make this podcast, which includes visioning the overarching sequence of episodes and the topics. It includes editing these podcasts. Leslie has to listen to me talk so much. There's so much on the back end that goes into this, what we do on our website to show you our podcasts and what's available so much. This podcast also would not exist and wouldn't sound as good as it does without Stacy Goodman, who is the sound engineer who takes meticulous steps in making this sound as good as possible and making the weird things that I say sound less weird. I don't know, sometimes he tells me that my P's sound too strong and he softens my P's. Folks, Stacy Goodman is also my husband. This episode is airing during the week in which we are celebrating 25 years of marriage. I cannot believe that it's been 25 years since we got married. I just cannot believe how fast time is going. 
Our anniversary is August 2nd, and I'm taking some days off this week so that we can celebrate because it feels like a big deal. And just so you know, because I told you you're getting a little personal bit here, I absolutely adore this human being, Stacy Goodman. It's a cliche. I'm going to use it because this is not a podcast on relationships. But Stacey Goodman is the love of my life. And I feel so incredibly grateful to the universe for having brought him into my life. Okay, that's it for this episode. Take care, everybody. 